Good Friday morning to you. Welcome to Brewers Briefing. It's time to brief you what's happening in the world of news and current events and to listen to you brief me what's happening in your world, too. That's what we do here uh, every Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday. Good morning to you. Hope you're doing fantastically. Thanks for joining us here for Brewers Briefing. You want to get involved? You can. Give us a, a text on the Wendy Chevy text line or call us on the brew lines. Either way, it would be just fine. 918-756-3646 is our number to text or call. Again, 918-756-3646. And you can text in whatever you like, a good morning, a news article, a you're, you're terrible, a joke, a meme, just whatever. And and I appreciate your texts and, and you're working with me on the show and, and back and forth. And I like that. That's, that's awesome stuff because it just... Got a little group of friends right here every every time we talk. Good morning, David. See, like right there, David. Text me. He's here. Morning, sir. Thank you for the text. Hope you're doing fantastically also. Okie dokie. Smokey. Let's see. What do we have? It's Friday. Did, did we mention that? That's the best news of the day. <laughs> it is Friday. I love Fridays. Now, right, let's take a look at the weather forecast. It's going to be glorious this weekend. Absolutely beautiful. 41 currently outside. I had four little doe in the backyard a while ago. So pretty. Sunshine today at 68 degrees. South winds 15 to 20 is what we're looking for. Tonight clearing 46. Tomorrow, 71 degrees. Lots of sunshine. Come on. 53 overnight, 75 on Sunday. That's a little too hot. Monday, even warmer, 78 degrees. South winds. Tuesday, 78 Wednesday, 75, Thursday, 65. So, and no rain in the forecast whatsoever. Trying to dry it out a little bit from the last weekend. Temperatures around the state got 40s up in the panhandle. There's a couple of 30s up there in, in Beaver and Hooker. 30s, 30s. We got a 30 in Worcester, Oklahoma, the coldest spot in the state today over in that little snip of the corner right there. And let's see, who's the hottest? You know what? I think it's going to be, is it the panhandle? There's a 45 up there, too. It's weird. Anyway, it is what it is. Beautiful. Going to be a nice day today. Dude, hey, by the way, don't let me forget, today we have Senator Mullen going to be talking to us on the program today. They, they contacted me yesterday. I said, yes, we can do it. 8.40 this morning, he's slated to come on the program. All right, Senator Mark Wayne Mullen. So... We'll talk with him about what's happening up there in D.C. There's plenty going on. I'm telling you what, man. The world is losing its mind. Have you noticed that? I just, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> sometimes it makes you want to pull your head out of all the news because it's just a lot going on. And uh, most of it's not good, really. But anyway, let's talk about it. Okay, shall we? Let me check the text line here see. Anybody in there? Where is my, there it is right there. Okay. Just checking to see, make sure it's up and running. Make sure you guys are with us this morning. Here's Tony. Happy feel good Friday brewer and back at you, Tony JP got a little Snoopy GIF going gift GIF. I said, GIF cause I saw it on the screen there doing a little dance and Fayroy is here with us for the program today. Morning Brooke. There's an S on the end of my name, sir. There always has been a little. A little slow this morning. All right, what is happening in news? Oh, my gosh, I was just looking at all of it today. There's a lot. 
There is a lot. Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu. I got to get with it myself. I'm still a little bit sleepy, as you may can tell. Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu met with Israeli Defense Forces soldiers at the atom base near Modi in uh, Modine in on Thursday. We are in the midst of the campaign. We have very impressive successes. We are already on the outskirts of Gaza City. We are advancing. He told the troops. We also have losses, painful losses, because every soldier who falls is an entire world, and our hearts are with the families, said the prime minister. I want to make one thing clear. One of the soldiers said it just now. Nothing will stop us. And uh, so, and I, man, I saw some of these soldiers and their uh, dedication to God, and they were they were praying and chanting and singing about God and God and His victory and helping them have victory and so on and so forth. It's it's interesting to see some of the different perspectives on some of this stuff. They are advancing, uh, by the way. I saw something about where they may have split Gaza in half. The Israeli troops now. Uh, so they are, they are making advance. Um, we will advance and we will win and we will do so with God's help and the help of our heroic soldiers, says Netanyahu. See, they're not afraid to invoke God in their efforts uh, like we are over here. This Christian nation of America, we, we, we can't talk about God. Oh my God, going to offend somebody. If we say anything about God, any of that kind of stuff, oh, then you're weird. Uh, you know, they've already slammed, oh, Speaker Johnson about talking about the Bible and God. And, oh, he's a weirdo. Hearing voices, et cetera, et cetera. So anyway, they seem to be um, pretty steadfast. I was reading something this morning that I thought was quite, uh, I don't know, the source was pretty solid, but it never would have occurred to me that what they were positing could be the case. And I want to read it for you as soon as I locate it. Here it is right here. Joel Pollack writes for the Breitbart News. I think he's the editor. And uh, here's what here's what uh, he, he retweeted a post from Carolyn Glick. Now, Carolyn Glick it writes for you know, Israeli News. I don't know if it's Jerusalem Post still or who she's for now. But anyway, she's. Israeli and a real sharp reporter. She says, Blinken, Anthony Blinken, who's a secretary of state for the U.S., is not in Israel to help us. He is in Israel to block us from fighting effectively. That's what she's saying here. As Lee Smith, D.C., demonstrates, the administration is carrying out information operation against Israel that is netting many in America's first camp of the GOP. And it stops there. I don't know exactly what all she's, she's saying here, but it sounds to me like there, she, she's intimating that there's an information campaign that is steering many away in the GOP from support of Israel, which is not surprising, but it, it, it is surprising to me at the same time because I'm, I just think we, we got to have steadfast support for Israel. That's what I believe. Um, but anyway, so somebody said, oh, so here it goes on to say, or, or Pollock said this, the aircraft carrier groups Biden deployed to the Eastern Mediterranean are there not to deter Hezbollah, but rather Israel. 
I found that to be a shocking statement. Like, what? You're going to be kidding me. You, I mean, could, could that even be? Could that even be possible? That our carrier group is there to deter Israel and not Hezbollah? I, th- I mean, I'm like, come on now. Surely not. Surely that can't be the case. Does anybody else think that? Have you ever heard anything like that? I don't, but then, then Carolyn Glick's like, you know, Blinken's not over here to help us. And I saw another one this morning somewhere. I don't know. I don't think I saved it, but I heard that Anthony Blinken's heading over there now to proffer a ceasefire. Oh, man. So we knew it. We knew that, that this wasn't going to last long. The support for Israel lasted about 15 minutes, and then it's, it's now it's back off, slow down. You know, it's got to be in propensity. And then the Jew hatred is is just seething all over the world. It is really getting bad. I, I was reading a, a post this morning from a guy I follow. His name is God Saad, G-A-D, not G-O-D. He's a professor and an author, and he's a smart guy. And he's a Lebanese Jew, and he's writing. He said, I truly think we are living in a unique moment in history because the rapidity and volume with which Jew hatred is being expressed on social media platforms exacerbates the problem. Since October 7th, 2023, I've been privy to that level of Jew hatred that is difficult to fathom. It comes from the progressive left and from the ultra-right and from Islamic sources. Each group utilizes a different set of tropes, but all share diabolical, orgiastic, orgiastic and hateful foaming of the evil Jew. It is unrestrained, all-consuming, genocidal hate. There is nothing that one can say that softens the hate, nothing that allows for a moment to pause. Even if every one of the voices spewing these hateful positions were to fall silent, the cat is out of the bag. You may think that you are untouched by these realities because you are not Jewish, but please heed my warnings. Those who are capable of such positions are not those whom you want to be leading your our once-enlightened societies. We are all collectively going to pay an extraordinarily high price for the current realities. I say this without any malice in my heart. I share this because I want our grandchildren to have a better world than what we currently have. My moral compass is not driven by tribalism. It is solely shaped by a commitment to deontological ideas that have historically made the West the wondrous envy of all societies. We are losing these ideals at a breathtaking pace. The civilization price is going to pay. It will be incalculable. And, you know, it's just, of course, this guy's Jewish and he's feeling all of this. And many Jews are around the world. They're, they're, you know, after the Holocaust, they, they hid their identities so they wouldn't be persecuted and even before. And it's coming back. It's like, what is the world doing? Where's this? Of course, we know it's satanic in its roots. That it's, that's just what it is. Uh, I mean, I know you probably know that. You think that, I would suppose. It's not political. It's it's satanic in the roots of it. Satan hates all that God is and God does and God's chosen people, et cetera. And so, you know, that's that's the, but you would think, I don't know, just, it's uh, it's alarming to me. I'm, I'm really concerned about it as well. I'm not Jewish, but I do support my Jewish friends and, and I believe in the state of Israel and the God of Israel and the book of Israel. And, and it's all about Israel. Have you ever read the Bible? Anybody raise your hand. You've seen it. You've heard about it. 
it's uh, it's interesting to me as Christians we study a book that was uh, it's all about primarily you know it's got, it's about a lot but it's about the land of Israel the people of Israel the god of Israel the children of Israel the savior of Israel and we don't know much about Israel i mean not, not really in in many regards the traditions the historic and so on and so forth anyway it's 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 kind of fascinating to me because anyway i don't know where i'm going with all that just hate to see it all okay what else we got let me see what's pharaoh's okay pharaoh ate some cherries last night slept 11 hours is that true does anybody else have that does anybody else know if that's true or not where you eat cherries and it makes you go to sleep I was tired last night. I didn't eat any cherries, but anyway, I, I don't know if that's true or not. I think Pharaoh is making stuff up. That's what I think right there. What else is happening? So let's see what else we got on this this front here. Let me let me just see what else we got on this Israeli stuff. Um, I, I may not even have much. Um, Ukraine war. We'll have to see. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask the senator where he is on Ukraine funding, you know, they're talking about 60 billion more and it's in the midst of his, his Zelensky's inner people are, are, uh, <laughs> I don't know if they're leaving or they're, they're getting, you know, they, they, they see the writing on the wall. Ukraine's top commander says the war is at a stalemate that even Ukrainian officials accept Zelensky who they regard as delusional are now admitting this shows how futile this war is. Sending another 60 billion will only prolong the destruction and kill more Ukrainian conscripts. They can't find anybody to fight the war. The average age now in a military fighting group in Ukraine is 43 and getting older. They've already wiped out a, a whole tens of thousands of youth. And Zelensky, they say, his own people say he's delusional. He's the only one that thinks we're not losing. Everybody knows we're losing, that we cannot win this war. That they're, and, and their own people in the inside are saying in several reports this week that these people are stealing money like there's no tomorrow. Your money and my money. And they're taking it and they're stealing it and they're doing whatever they're doing with it. And it's not going to, they're not going to win. So do we send more money? No, we don't send any more money. We, we've done enough. I'm sorry, I, I, but it's going to be interesting to see what Mullen says about it because we're going to ask him. And if you have any burning questions you want me to fire the senator, let me know. Just text him in to me this morning at 918-756-3646. But it looks like the Ukrainian deal is, uh, is falling apart. Somebody else writing about the Cronkite moment. Walter Cronkite, I guess, went over to Vietnam back in the day and came back and said, you know, it's an unwinnable war and we just need to back off and say we did what we could do and, and head out. And that's what some, this, this person writing this article is asking about Ukrainian deal. Zelensky a year ago was times person of the year. Remember that he was being paraded all over Hollywood and all of all the, Sean Penn is over there. And here's my, here's my Oscar. Take it. I worship you. It's the weirdest deal I ever saw. 
People so fanatical over this guy. He was messianic in his rise to power. Oh, Zelensky, send me your money. And now, uh, let's see, what was I going to say? The Times has this article all about Ukraine's war aims are unrealistic. Staggering casualties have decimated the Ukrainian army. Morale is collapsing. Corruption is uncontrollable. This is, this is from the Times article. A Cronkite moment. So, I, I don't know, man. Personally, I believe that if this thing, if they, if they come to the table and they start talking to peace, which they haven't done because we've been pushing them to keep this war going, keep the machine going, the military complex has got to make the money. Um, that I think that it would be over. I don't think Putin's going to keep marching through Europe. I do not believe that in the least at all. I don't give a rip anything about Putin. I just don't think he wants to march through Europe. That's what I think. But anyway, we'll we'll ask we'll ask um, the good senator about the money. <clears throat> All right, eight twenty one is our time. Still rolling along. We got stuff to talk about. Let me just continue to roll on here and see what it is. We're we're gonna. You guys got anything you want to talk about? Let me know. Okay, that's what the text line is for, or the phone lines. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Israel surrounds Gaza City as Blinken arrives to call for ceasefire. Blinken arrived uh, today, Friday, to press for humanitarian aid to be allowed into besieged Gaza while Israeli troops tighten their encirclement of Gaza City. On the northern border of Lebanon, tensions escalated ahead of a speech planned later today by Hezbollah leader Hassan Nasrallah. He's making his first public comment since Hamas attacked Israel last month. Hezbollah, an Iran-backed ally of Hamas, attacked Israeli military positions in the northern Israel with drones, mortar fire, and suicide drones, stoking fears of uh, this could be a regional war. The Israeli military said it retaliated with warplanes and helicopter gunships. So it is happening on the north side as well, not just down south. So anyway, we'll, we'll continue to obviously to watch that and see how that's going to shake out how the house passes a 14.3 billion dollar israeli aid bill you know that was separated from the ukrainian money which that's good uh let's see what it says here gop blah 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 the cuts would come from a 740 billion dollar inflation reduction act how's that working out anybody feeling less inflation at your place no i didn't think so I didn't think so. Um, said uh, John Kirby said the Biden will veto the bill. He wants the package tied to money for Ukraine. You know, and I know that Ukraine has got Biden by the you know what. The old boy over there worked for those deals, and then Biden threatened to hold the money up back in the day. They have got him compromised. There's, there's, there's no question. Biden doesn't give a rip about Ukrainians. Boy, he wants to give money though for some reason. Lots of money, all the money we have. He just give it to him. So he's going to veto this Israel-only bill, 
says John Kirby. The final vote was 226 to 196 with 12 Democrats joining the Republicans in favor of the bill. And we had a couple of Republicans vote against it. Thomas Massey of Kentucky and Marjorie Taylor Greene of Georgia voted against the bill for various reasons. Thomas Massey had been making some news lately with his stance against support for Israel. Okay. All right. What else? What else? What else? What else? A jury convicts FTX founder Bankman freed of stealing billions from customers. Did you see this? This is this kid with the big fuzzy hair, poofy hair, you know, that stole billions of dollars from U.S. people and funded a bunch of Democratic campaigns. It was a crypto exchange, cryptocurrency stuff. He was he was convicted yesterday, and uh, he gave a ton. He was the largest donor to the to the Democrats. So he steals all this money, gives it all to the Democrats. They win all these elections. You know, Joe Biden got in there and, and the rest of the stuff. And, and uh, so it all comes it's cranking down now. He's going to prison for 115 years, I think it is. Let me see. What was he sentenced to? I think I saw that somewhere. Oh, I'm not going to pay. I don't I don't want to pay. Stop. Go away. Uh, let's see what it says. I thought I saw it somewhere. 115 life sentence. I don't know. Some, some crazy deal. And now I don't see it. He's just gone. Anyway, he's going to jail. That's good. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Stealing billions from American taxpayers. Nikki Haley trying to downplay past ties to the World Economic Forum. How do you guys feel about Nikki Haley? She's an insider, I'm telling you. Former U.N. Ambassador Nikki Haley stepping, uh, sidestepping questions from voters and reporters about her participation in the World Economic Forum training classes. <laughs> oh. The old World Economic Forum, man. Yeah, you don't want to be tied to that deal. That's, that's not good. Not good for you. And a lot of people are. I don't know if you know Dan Crenshaw down in Texas. He was, he was part of that deal. And. And then a lot of the losers like Justin Trudeau and all these people. And, and Nikki Haley was right there amongst them. Haley told an Iowa voter last spring she did not take part in any World Economic Forum training programs, even when she was an, a World Economic Forum young global leader in 2011. While a Haley campaign spokesman declined the address her time as a young global leader, the former South Carolina governor herself promoted her participation in the World Economic Forum seminars when she was invited to the 2007 conference hosted in Dalian, China. Anyway, she was, she was all a big part of it. The world economic forum, the, the group headed by Klaus Schwab, who wants to take over the world, the world and crush all the plebeians. That's who she's a part of. She's inside. She's got no chance. I don't think, I mean, go away. Seriously. We don't need you. Uh, just messing it up. Just just let DeSantis have this deal. Him and Trump can battle it out. All right. All right. 827. Got to take a quick break. We're coming back. Stay with us. She's a really wicked guy. I won't sing it. I promise. I just feeling it a little bit this morning. How are you? It's Friday. We're doing the Brewers briefing. We do podcast this program in case you ever miss it. And I don't know why you would, but you know, something could happen. 
and you miss a program, it's out there. It's in this, it's in all the places, pretty much. It's called Brewers Breathing. Check it out. Listen to it. <laughs> if you're really, really bored, you can do it and send it to your friends. All right. 918-756-3646 if you want to get involved and talk to us here. This is a way to do it right here. So Elon Musk was, you know who Elon Musk is. He's the head of X and SpaceX and whatever else he's got going on. Oh, yeah, Tesla. I almost forgot about that. Richest guy in the world. Smart guy. He's a brilliant kind of a guy. And he was talking with Joe Rogan on the Joe Rogan Show about COVID. And they, they mentioned ventilators. And I saw some reports about ventilators this week. So I guess it's floating around out there. And he was talking about how many people died uh, on ventilators. Let's just see what he had to say with Joe. Well, 80% of the people they put on ventilators died. Yeah. So, in fact, I, I actually posted about that because um, I, I called doctors in Wuhan and said, what are the biggest mistakes that you made on the first wave? This was early on. And they said, we put far too many people on intubated ventilators. So then I, I actually posted on Twitter at the time and said, hey, uh, I'm, what I'm hearing from Wuhan is that they made a big mistake in putting people uh, on intubated ventilators for an extended period. Um, and that this this is actually what is damaging the lungs, not COVID. It's the treatment. It's, the cure is worse than the disease. And they, I just people yelled at me and said, I'm not a doctor. I'm like, yeah, but I do make spaceships with life support systems. What do you do? <laughs> I like that. I twiddle knobs. I'm like, okay, yeah. great. So anyway, they had this discussion, and I, you've probably seen that, or not that necessarily, but the information about intubators, and it was a, it was a death sentence. And I saw that again this week. Let me see if I've got this in any of my COVID uh, categories. Because they people were dying. Like the people that were over 65, of course I don't have it. It was like a 90% death rate of people that were over 65. They got put on the ventilators, died. It was, it was doing more damage than good. The, you know, again, the whole cure was worse than the disease. That's what was so shocking to me about COVID from the beginning. Every cure they came out with was worse than the damn disease. I mean, but they just didn't want you to believe that. They 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 made you believe, and the Democrats particularly believed, go look it up if you don't believe me, that about half of the people thought that you would die if you got COVID. Democrats believed that. They were scared to death. They really believed. If you got COVID, half if you got 50% of the people were gonna die if you got COVID. That's what they thought. Which is ridiculous. It was never any more than the flu, as far as the death rates are concerned. People die of the flu every year, young people and old people, mostly older. And, and this thing was the same thing. I'm not sure it's not just the same thing. But anyway, every cure we came out with was worse. The vaccines were worse. The ventilators were worse. Remdesivir was worse. Paxlovid is worse. Uh, what else? What else? The, the lockdowns, disaster. Middle, I mean, it, it, you just you go down the list, man. All these smart people telling everybody how to, to solve this problem. Now they're on talk shows begging for forgiveness. Well, we're sorry. We didn't know. Yeah, yeah, you knew. Anyway, it's... Uh, so what's going to happen next time? Nothing. We'll continue to listen to... Well, because that's what people were saying to Elon Musk. Well, you're not a doctor. What do you know? <laughs> well, guess who put us in these positions? Probably the doctors. I went to my doctor for a checkup. I told you that many times. And I asked him about ivermectin. He just laughed, looked at me condescendingly. He said, you got worms, Brewer? Well, I don't know. I might have worms. 
but I also might have COVID. What if I have you know, one ivermectin? He just laughed it off. I, if it worked, we'd be using it. That's all. Shut up and take your jab, which I did not. Thank God. Anyway, it's it's all the smart people that was just wrong, wrong, wrong. The experts, completely wrong. And lying to us. The CDC and the FDA and all of them. It's 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 really, really sad that they've they've stepped in it so badly and now we can't, you know, can't trust any of them. And I'm sorry, it's just the way it is. Fauci and the scarf lady and Trump and all of them. Trump didn't know what the hell was going on. He was just listening to these people. Fauci, he thought Fauci was the, the godsend of the planet. Wrong, you know, and I will have to say, I think DeSantis got it right on COVID before most people did. He, his own attorney or, uh, not attorney general, but the, uh, the medical guy, the, you know, what do they call the guy, the medical guy, the top medical guy down there, the had it right there. It was right here. Now it's gone. The surgeon general. Thank you very much, Brooks of his own state said, no, we're not doing all this mass stuff, this, that, and the other lockdowns. We're not doing it. So anyway, here's another bombshell report more than a year before the global outbreak. Fauci run lab in the United States experimented with coronavirus strain shipped in from China. Oh my gosh. You gotta be kidding me. What? Really? Shoot dog. I'm telling you, see, it just all comes out years later. An investigation has revealed that U.S. taxpayer funds were allocated for experimenting with coronaviruses from the Chinese lab, suspected of the potential source of the COVID pandemic over a year before the global outbreak. Under the leadership of none other than Dr. Lord Anthony Fauci, the National Institutes of Health conducted experiments in 2018 infecting 12 Egyptian fruit bats with a SARS-like virus known as W1V1. These were uh, in, in a lab located in Montana. 15-minute drive from the Maryland Presidential Retreat Camp David. Now, what? <laughs> Hang on a minute. Hang on a minute here. I'm not very smart. But in Montana, is not next to Maryland, right? Is that 15-minute drive? <laughs> what? That don't seem right. Anyway, so there was some experimentation going on there. Sounds like interesting. Oh, to the M to the G. All right, we got about four minutes left before the good senator calls in and he'll take up the rest of our time. Let me see what else. Got any other news out there? Don Jr.'s in trial. I mean, they're in the court. Eric Trump gets tripped up about a claim he didn't know much about the Trump Incorporated finances. I don't know. I haven't been watching any of that stuff. I did see this, and this is cool right here. A teenager in Texas, a girl, drops a massive buck likely the new state record and her name is rayleigh brewer i wonder if there's any kin 14 years old drops a monster and right here it is let me look at this thing oh you ought to see this thing it is a beautiful it is so symmetric dark chocolate horns just absolute mass 14 year old girl drops this sucker with a muzzle loader unbelievable you guys hadn't been sending me much of your deer pictures either i'm a little disappointed and yet normally you send me some deer pics and i haven't seen them yet this year so uh, shame on you but here she is down in texas her and her dad been been tracking this buck for three years which is cool got him on the cameras they've been tracking him he's been growing 
Bada boom, bada bang. 31 points. <laughs> Scored a 238 and an eighth, which would easily beat the state youth record of 209. But they have to let it dry out. It's got 60 days. It's got to dry out, see what happens, and then it'll be officially scored. It's just absolutely unbelievable. All right, so there's a good senator calling in right there. Let's see if we can get him on the phone because you know how my computers don't work half the time. Good morning, Senator. How are you, sir? Hi, you are. You're, you're, you're stepping up your game. It's about time. I don't want, I don't want you to have to call me and harass me on it live air. I know it because you know that I will. <laughs> feed from you too. What's that? I have back from you. Feedback. You got feedback. Yeah. Well, I, I don't have any feedback from you, but I am looking for your feedback today. That's why you're calling. No, I have, I'm, I'm about a second back. I'm reading everything I'm saying. Um, well, you want to try to, you mean to try to, you mean call you back? Maybe see if that works any different. Uh, yeah, you can try. Uh, let me try to call you. Okay. Okay. Bye. Let's see, let's see what's going on. I sounded fine on my end. Let me see. Let me <laughs> hang on. Let me just go to the recent calls. Let's do that. Let's try this stupid computers. I'm telling you it's dumb. Let's see if it's any better. Hello. 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 Is that any better? Hello. Nope. Huh? No, I'm still getting the feedback. Oh, are you? No, it's a little bit better. Is it better? Are you... Well, it's a little bit faster. <laughs> I'm still getting feedback. Not a, not a second behind. It's about a split second behind. Okay. You're going to have to really focus then. That's all I'm going to have to tell you. You're going to have to deal with it and focus and really think you can do it. You are Mark Wayne Muller. Okay. I am. Let's roll. Okay. Let's roll, buddy. Well, first, I want to know what's happening in the Senate side. I know the House just passed this separated bill for for Israel for fourteen point three billion. Biden says he's going to veto it. Where is the Senate on this deal? What's happening over there? Well, Schumer said it's dead on arrival. They're not going to they're not going to pick it up. Um, and the re reason why is I think it would probably pass the the House if they came up. Um, but uh, and and of course the Democrats are. Um, are saying that the pay for gimmick, uh, but the, and then they're saying that this uh, we can't leave no man behind. Uh, that's what Schumer is saying. You got to put all three of these together. But the border crossing security bill that they have grouped together with Ukraine with um, Israel, it's a gimmick. I mean, let, we'll talk about the border security bill. The border security bill doesn't have anything to do with border security. They have three hundred fifty million dollars going for processing centers. Uh, they have their and they're uh, they're hiring 850 new processing agents, uh, and so it's not about security; it's about processing individuals. There's not a, any money at all that is in that bill that actually goes for border security. It all yeah, no, it's to get them in faster. Yeah, just get them through. Just yeah. run them through like a bunch of cattle. I just keep yeah. them coming. Yeah, yeah that's unbelievable. That, and so and so and so that's such a given. Uh, you you look at the Ukrainian um, bill. Uh, Ukrainian bill is okay because it's been it's been negotiated through so many times. Uh, the biggest chunk of it, of that money, goes for replenishing uh, our munition stock because, as I on the show before, that you know the the biggest majority that of money that we're sending over there is actually um, munitions that, that's set to expire. The same stuff you hear exploding at McAllister at noon every day. Uh, that stuff is worth sending over there, but we got to replenish that stockpile to use it. And uh, and so the uh, the biggest majority of that is going through there, and for them, 
And then, uh, and then Israel. The problem with the Israel bill that that the House or that that has is that they're sending millions of dollars Gaza for for aid. The problem with that is is that the aid is being controlled by Hamas, and Hamas is charging people to get the aid. Who's so who's uh, whose bill has the aid to Gaza in it? Uh, the the Senate bill. The Senate. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that's what I thought. Okay. And, it's, and it's for humanitarian purposes, but we're already sending that we're sending somewhere around sixty trucks a day into Gaza through USA Aid, uh, and those are you know that's our humanitarian arm for the United States government, and we already know for a fact that Hamas is controlling the warehouse that's just that's distributing the money or the the goods to the individuals and charging people for it. Um, and so this is supposed to be free, but the house is using this to fund the war. So it, it, you can't spend, you can't send money into Gaza into where Hamas controls and think Hamas isn't going to take it. I mean, it's, everybody it's, would know that. Senator. Let me ask you this question. I mean, are they just naive or do they just want Hamas to get money? Cause it's gotta be one of the two. I don't, I, I'm, I'm going to say naive. But you, you believe what you're going to believe, and you don't believe what you're going to. And that's the unfortunate thing about politics. People get dug in, and facts don't matter. Or and is it virtue signaling? It. Like, look how virtuous we are. We're trying to be humanitarian people and, you know, just signal to the world how, how wonderful we are. Maybe, that's, maybe it's that, because there's a lot of that going on. Maybe. It may be. But the, the House bill isn't a bad bill. Um makes things difficult that when they separate it, I think it makes things, I, I would rather see them tied together. Why? If they're going to separate it, fine. Do what? Why do you want them tied together? I think they should be separated. Because one is as important as the other, and it's a signal. You got to, you, if you, if you don't tie Ukraine in, keep, keep in mind, this isn't a war with Israel. This is, this whole thing is about testing America's golf. And I, I mean that sincerely. You have Iran, you have you have Russia, you have Korea, and you have China. That's all working together. They're the they're the new axis of evil, and and we're we're you we're, since we're wavering on Ukraine, and yet all the leaders know that we're that we're obligated to them according to the Budapest Memorandum of 1994, that signed that said that if if Ukraine were to give up their nuclear weapons in the case that they're invaded by Russia, the United States would stand with them, and so. That doesn't expire. We're only as good as our work, and we got to be there. Period. So if we don't bring them along, then it shows to the American people that, or to the world, that we're wavering. You got China over here wanting to be the world power, and they're telling everybody from the back because Belt and Road Initiative. Uh, they're saying, "Look, they're not. The United States isn't who they used to be. You can't trust them. Anymore. You need to trust us. We're the new world power. We're, we'll protect you if you allow us to come in and part with your government and take over your ports." And, uh, and, and so if you only stand with Israel, we're kind of wavering on a little bit and you choose to walk from Ukraine, our favorites, and that leads Taiwan out here by itself because you are, you heard secretary Blinken go to China and say that they believe in one China, one China means that Taiwan should be with them. So people already had this in their signal. If we don't do it together, then we may not be able to. Well, we may not build a message, right? I think there's, I think there's a lot of issues with with some of that, and that is, you, you know, we can't remain a world power if we're broke. 
and we don't have the money to continue to fund. I mean, it sounds indefinite. Like, you know, we're, we're standing with Ukraine no matter what. We'll send ever, however much money it takes forever and ever and ever. And, and we'll just keep printing the money, which is not good for our economy. We're already broke. Number two is the Ukrainians are admitting in Zelensky's cabinet that the top guys are stealing the money, that we have come to a stalemate. We cannot win this war. And more money coming from the United States and anywhere else is going to be just more Ukrainian deaths. It's not a winnable situation. That's from their people saying that. So what, what about all that? I, I don't know where you heard that. I mean, well, read the Times that. article. It's in it's in the Times magazine this this week. Yeah, I, I I get that, but okay. I, I'm, I'm in briefings all the time, and I don't. I, that's not what I'm. That's not what we're getting. Okay. As far as it being a winnable fight, it's not a winnable fight if we walk away. And we don't send cash to Ukraine. Do you understand that? We're, we send, we send supplies. <laughs> well, ah, come on now. There's got to be some money. How could they be stealing the cash if it's not nobody's sending any cash over there? We're we're giving them money. We're we're supporting their pensions. I mean, we're we're helping support their economy. Okay, okay. We're absolutely, positively not. And and, and, and here's this, here's what's wrong with this: is people get on the internet and say whatever the heck they want to say, and they don't know the truth. We're not doing that. Now, other countries may be sending money. We're not the only people. Yeah, I, I realize that. Money. I don't know where the other dollars come from. I'm telling you what our money is being used for. Is our, our money is being used for majority of it replenishing our own stock from munitions that we're sending over there. We are sending more advanced weaponry system. We spend money to train them, and we do spend money to for their payroll. But our payroll spend doesn't go directly to them. It goes to the fighters on the ground. Well, money is fungible, and if we're if we're you know if they don't have to spend this money over here that's coming from Europe for weapons because we're supplying all the weapons, and they can I mean it's just you know it's a fungible deal. The the bottom line is, Senator, people have lost their will to continue to send money to Ukraine, but it doesn't seem like politicians follow up with that. Like like it doesn't seem like the people are being represented in that way. So let me ask you something. Okay, so if you tell a friend you're going to do something. Um, you so let me just say this. You friend that if they're if if they pass away, you'll take care of their parents for them, it, just like you would if it was their if it was if it was your parents. And uh, twenty years or five years down the road, the parents the the, the friend is away, and you got to take care of those parents the rest of your life. Are you going to walk away at some point? Even though I'm going to do look, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to take care of my family to my best ability. Yes, I did. But if I, if I that's right. But if I can't support my own family, Senator, I can't support their family either. Well, you look at it. You look at it different than me because I'll make I'll do whatever it takes to do to make sure my word is fulfilled. Period. Yeah. I, not, okay. Even if you can't feed your own kids, you'd feed the family first. No, I'll find a way to feed them. I'll figure out a way to make it work. Well, failure's not an option. It's not an option. That's if that's the case to say that as I shake the person's hand. But but come on, Senator, Senator, Senator. We didn't give them a, a blank. We'll do anything and everything. And and I mean, to so support you is what does that exactly mean to support Ukraine from the 1994 treaty? Well. Can mean a lot of things. I don't know how how black and white that it's is. For Budapest Memorandum, you can Google it. And it's got its own Wikipedia, page and you can read it. Um, it's just like our it's just like the treaties we signed with with our with our tribes in the 1800s. Those didn't expire either. Now, and we spent a tremendous amount of money with our tribes. Well, d d let me ask you this: Do you feel though that the support is? has has gone on a vacation 
I mean, like for Ukraine. So people. So so, how do you deal with that? You just continue anyway. I mean, what? How does that work? Just because the work goes away doesn't mean our word is still isn't any good. We gave our word. I don't. I didn't sign the Budapest Memorandum. I was. It was in 1994. I was in high school. I, but we still. It's a federal obligation that we have. And I'm not going to re. I'm not going to renege on on a, a on a an agreement that we made. Do you think for a second that if Ukraine still had nuclear weapons, Russia would have invaded them? Probably not. Yeah, but they gave them up their nuclear weapons because we said we would be there. And they said, they, you know what? The most powerful country in the world has said they will be there for us if we give up our nuclear weapons. Now, so if we don't want to do this, then what we need to do is give them their nuclear uh, their nuclear stockpile back and say, oh, here's your nuclear weapons back. And by the way, there you go. That's the best They thing. also might not have encroached if we hadn't encroached eastward with NATO. I mean, that's, that's another, you know, possibility that. We didn't. Is, well, NATO did. NATO continued to march well, east. They, they may not. In, they may not have ever happened if, if if Obama would have stopped them in uh, in 2014 when they went into Crimea. Either. Yeah. Well, okay. So there's a lot going on there. So that's kind of the forefront. What else is primarily on the table uh, up there right now in in at the Senate for you or other things you're working on? I mean, it's, it's, it's funding. Everything has to do with funding. So yeah. if you start looking at what's, what's ahead of us, we're doing another CR. I mean, there's no way we're not going to do a CR. Yeah. There's not enough time to do it. And guess what? We're going to do a CR for the rest of the physical year, too. Which, it's not uh, calendar year, is it? When is that all? Yeah. Or, or is it it's calendar? September 31st. So, oh, okay. so we, our, our physical year starts October 1st in September. Okay, 31st. gotcha, gotcha. And, and there's no, there's just... There's not a possible way. I know that the, the, the Republicans in the House, especially, are saying we need to do all 12 appropriation bills separate. I think that's great. Yes, I agree with that wholeheartedly. So the problem is, is that you got to have the, cha- the the Senate do the same thing, and then you got to go to conference after we pass the two bills, work out the differences, and then we got to build bring a, a, a unified bill back to both chambers to get passed to get signed into the to the. Uh, and to the president's desk. That sounds easy, but one appropriation bill can take two months to negotiate. About the fastest you can get that done by getting both of them negotiated through both chambers and go to conference and bring the bills back would be a month. So if you did nothing else for the rest of the year, you still couldn't get it done. So you want an omnibus instead? No, I no. think we need to be realistic on how we do this. We need to do we need to we need to do mini buses where we group three or four of these bills together. You still do each one of them individually. You still negotiate each one out of their committees, except when they go to the floor, you bring them all four together, and you still have amendments. You still have the voting process, and you still have the time to go through the bills. But instead of having to go to conference, because conference is what takes so long. Instead of going to conference with one bill at a time, you're to go, you go to conference with three or four at a time. Mm-hmm. And instead, and so then you only have then you only can you can get it done in let's say four bills rather than twelve bills. And it just the process is still the same. It just groups it. It, it takes procedures and combines them rather than having to go through each procedure differently on each one. Yeah. Do you know where your colleague Langford is on this? I know he's kind of been a he he I don't, he didn't want CRs. I don't think, and he likes to try to get this all figured out. Do you know where he, he is on this? Have y'all talked? Yeah, 
him and yeah, we're we both of us don't want a CR, but we both are realistic saying we're probably going to do another CR. In fact, right. we're going to do another CR. Um, we would love, we wanted the process to work, but him and I will both tell you that the process is broke. And this is why we've never been able to get all 12 bills done through both chambers and signed to the president's death one at a time. I mean, we've never been able to do it. And, and so we need to change the process. And because it, the definition of insanity is what? Listening to this program. <laughs> Sorry. That just came to mind. I don't know. But yes. Yeah. I got it. Yeah. Doing this. Thing. <laughs> I mean, you know, you got to own it, Senator. Anyway. Hey, I'm curious also about uh, what you think about the, uh, the speaker, the new, the new guy, Mike Johnson. He seems to be doing well. He seems to be pretty liked and all that kind of stuff. Is it, what do you think? Great guy. I, I'm Mike Johnson's from Shreveport. Um, I think the, a, a bad, the only bad mark that he has is when he first came to Congress. I was his mentor, and uh, and so I know him well. Uh, Mike is a very strong Christian guy. You know, very even kills. You're not going to rattle him. He's smart, smart. Yeah. I mean, he's whip smart. Uh, and uh, but you know they're painting him as this some extremist because of his point of views. But his point of views are based on his religious perspective. Right. And he's open about it. He's honest about where he's at. He doesn't. He's not condemning or hated or or, or hate or hateful when he says it. He right. just says this is what I believe. And he was a constitutional attorney. But how he's going to navigate the conference is different. You know, he he's got a big fight coming up in two weeks, right? Do we shut down the government or do we do a CR? Mm. Because those are going to be your two options. He he doesn't have his his team in place. Um, he he's. He's untested in these waters. He's never negotiated with Chuck Schumer. He's never negotiated personally with Joe Biden. So he's going to be at a very disadvantage. And by the say, by the say, he's getting baptized by a fire hose. Is it? I mean, he's getting baptized by by a pool on his head at one time. Yeah. Well, I, I like him too. I think he's he's pretty sharp. I saw his interview on Hannity, and he, it was pretty pretty. Even keel, like you said, level-headed looking and uh, just just pretty sharp. I think so far so good. Anyway, well, you know, time will tell. But I, I've got I got good hopes for the guy. He won't change. I mean, he's going to be consistent, but he still has to navigate. This is what a lot of people have to realize. He's still got to navigate the conference. And as a speaker, the conference doesn't do what you want to do. Your job is to carry the will of the conference, and the will of the conference isn't. 218. The will of the conference is the majority of the majority of the conference. And and so you you and that then after he gets that, he's got to carry that will. It's not if if you try to push your will on the right, conference, right. you're gonna you're gonna push everybody away. So he's gonna have to he's gonna have to do things that may not align with his philosophy, but he's not just representing Republicans mm. from Louisiana anymore or Oklahoma. He's representing Republicans from California and New York. Right. Those are totally different an an animals. Boy, you can say that again. <laughs> they are different. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, little joke right there. Um, true though. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, okay. Any anything else burning? Uh, we're about to run out of time, but I just I'm going to give you opportunity if there's anything else that you really need to know. Burning, but yeah. I always enjoy going on your show. I love the back and forth. Well, so. I do too. I appreciate you for doing it. You're you're a brave man. You, possibly insane, but still brave. To come on Brewers Briefing and uh, and talk to us, we do really do appreciate it, you know, because I 
Yeah. I'm going to give you some hell. I'm going to I'm going to put you in a corner a little bit, you know, but you, you can handle it. You're a fighter. Right. You, you don't mind. I know. Yeah. I know. Yeah. All right. Well, hey, tell the family hello and you stay safe and do the right thing, okay? All right. See you, brother. Take See you, Senator. Bye. Thank you so much. Appreciate that. That's Senator Mark Wayne Mullen right there. And I appreciate him giving us some time. And I do also appreciate the back and forth and all that, you know, obviously I'm, I'm not in agreement with the whole Ukrainian deal, the money. I, I think it's a disaster. I think it's wrong. I think we've given enough. I don't know. I, maybe I'm wrong in the deal. You know, like, like I said, though, if he, his example of, you know, taking care of my friend's parents, well, I want to do my damnedest, you know, but I'm telling you what, if it, if it comes down to feeding my family, <laughs> like man, I'm, I'm sorry. This is the last crumb I've got. It's going to my family. And I, you know, I did my best and I, I don't know. I mean, you know, and of course I like his point too. Failure is not an option and et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but anyway, we're not going to be strong if we, if we're broke the country and we are broke. We printing money is not the answer. It, it destroys everybody. I was reading a, a deal this morning, a, a house. Where the hell is it? A house. Here it is right here. It's at the very top. In Miami and Newark, New Jersey, home buyers must earn 33% more, earn 33% more than just a year ago to afford the same house in those two places. The necessary income for Miami is $143,000 and for Miami it's 160 or 160 for Newark. You got to you got to have a third 33% income in your pay just to afford the same damn house. It's tough out there. People are hurting from inflation, and it's because we print money, and then we send it uh, everywhere instead of keeping it here at home and et cetera, et cetera. Anyway, it was informational, though. I appreciate him coming on, and I appreciate like the, the border thing. I didn't know that $350 million was just for processing and all that. We need to build the dadgum wall, but no, the Democrats don't want to do that, and we're out of time, and I wish we could continue to rant and rave about all that, but, you know, we're not going to do it. We're going to, we're going to stay true to the time because it's nine o'clock. Tradio's bearing down on our back. Trisha is chomping at the bit to take your calls to buy, sell and trade there. She's trying to take over the mouse already. You guys, thanks for listening. You guys are awesome like that. You didn't have to, but well, here you are. And I appreciate you more than, you know, we do get this recorded and put it out there on the podcast. Love you. Have a great weekend. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye.